Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. And if anybody has to question us in the future about the whole Living in Loserville title, we're not just this negative bunch that is just going to sit there and only talk about Loserville, because that's what people kind of think. But game three is the definition of Loserville. Just throwing that out there, but the Wolves did bounce back. We were just talking off air before we started recording, like, man, we really didn't know how they would respond, and a lot of people were already, you know, looking into trading Cat during the playoffs, um, Fire Finch, like all sorts of stuff, but they did bounce back, and that is the important part in game four. It's all tied up 2-2. So we're going to talk uh, mostly about game four. We'll give our little thoughts on game three, which was, you know, just a Minnesota sports thing, too. A couple of, you know, items to go around as far as blame. But, uh, man, to bounce back and get that dub, that, that was big. So it's all tied up. We'll kind of preview the rest of the series. Like I said, a little bit more detail with the last game that we just saw. And Ant or Ant and Cat really delivered, but especially Cat. I mean, you know, he he had one of his best games that we've seen. And I know, you know, he went for sixty earlier this year. But anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. Um, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and rope it open, download the show directly there, listen to the browser. You can find this here Living in Louisville podcast under the Rope Dope Radio banner at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, uh, Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcast. Uh, something was up with our Living in Louisville uh, Spricker page that is now back. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you're happy, you're not quite happy. I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. No annual contracts. No hidden fees. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate package, that gives you three months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees, which come in handy uh, locally here watching these games. And then, of course, if you go up to the Premier Package, that gets you HBO Max and Showtime already included. That's Direct TV Stream. All right, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron, and we might as well just get the debacle out of the way. Um, first and foremost, how you doing on this November? I mean, April day. Sorry, I, I felt like it feels like the the forecast is November. I'm seeing Leafs come in to, you know, restaurants and stuff when I'm out. I'm like, are you I don't even want to see Leafs unless they're on a tree. How you doing? I'm doing good. It has been tough, man. We got a little glimpse of uh, some nice weather a couple of days ago, and now we're back into the into the, I won't say the deep freeze, but we're we're cold again. And now you gave me the forecast, and it doesn't look like it's lightening up anytime <laughs> soon. Which is so. Just hold on. I swear to God, people, we're gonna get the sun again at some point. But I guess going on to you want to talk about game three, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, Guerrero's got the calendar of calamity. And uh, April 21st, uh, 2022 was definitely uh, a day that uh, will be inducted into that calendar. It's, you know, inexplicable is the word that I can use. I can't think of like 
any other game I've ever seen that kind of ebbed and flowed. And I mean, to the extremes <laughs> yeah. that this game did. And, you know, the fire finch and the trade cat in the middle of a playoff series and all that stuff was a little knee jerk, obviously. But there are some issues there that were uh, laid bare for the entire nation to see. And, uh, I think, you know, maybe it led them to maybe what they got in game four, but it's kind of a gut check time, I think, after that game. And, you know, like you said, we couldn't tell how they would respond. It was either the, the end or the locker yeah. room problems or, you know, they come out gritty. And I think they came out gritty and that was good to see. It really was, man. I did. Usually I have a pretty good feel of how the next game's going to go with this club. You've seen it enough now, and it's been like 100 games now with this core together, beyond the Pat Bev and Prince, but you know what I mean, just in general. And, uh, yeah, I was lost. I really didn't know. I could see it go both ways. At the time, I didn't know the historical thing, um, which kind of surprised me. Um, just for those uh, history buffs at home, uh, that 26-point comeback that happened on the Wolves, yes, it hurts to say, the last 25 postseasons, the largest comeback was the Clippers against the Warriors in 2019. That was 31. 2012, the Clippers against uh, the Grizzlies, funny enough, 27. And then four teams tied at 26. Of course, our Wolves fall right in there nice, nicely, I guess you could say. But – yeah, man, I I mean, 42 to 12 run the last 13 minutes. There's this, someone posted this online. You look at the end of the third, 47 seconds left. Timberwolves up 83 to 62. You go to the fourth at 656 mark to be exact. That's when Memphis overtook the game, 86 to 85. It just, it's very rare to say the least, but it felt very Minnesota sports vibey in there. Um you know, Finch did come out and say that, you know, he should have called a timeout during a 21-0 run. And it was a 16-0 run, I guess, um, in that quarter. Um, so at least he owned up to it. Um, but I heard a lot of, well, the bench. Well, hold on now. Hold, hold on. At the beginning of the fourth quarter, we had Cat, we had Ant, and we had Pat Bev. And then we brought in I believe McDaniels not that or no and we had Prince we didn't have McDaniels and D'Lo but they you know they were on their rest at the time because we had played them so deep into the third quarter so um to blame it just on the bench by the way the bench has struggled we need two people maybe even three people to play well off our bench and we're normally getting just one unfortunately and that one came through J-Mac we'll talk about that but yeah I mean and then Cat picking it up, his fifth fall somewhere in the nine, I think it was nine thirty four or something like that. So there's a and then the Minnesota sports stuff. So to blame it on one individual, I thought that was a little just knee jerk. And I get it, you know, blowing off steam. You got people at fifteen hundred and K fans saying, "Well, who do you want to trade Cat for in the off season and all that type of stuff?" Just completely knee jerk. I mean, you'd think media of all wouldn't be as knee jerk as these fans. Because I like to turn around at times and say you're knee-jerking when it's uh, an opposite point or whatever. But, yeah, man, that was – you know, on one hand, Aaron, it's like look at the potential of the team moving forward, right? I mean, that first and third quarter, 
I mean, you're like, even with Cat going out in the third, it was like, okay, we're good. Um, but then also that, God, you know, we're, this is clearly, you know, back to the drawing board. Um, so I was really happy um, to see them come out the way they did. And, and, you know, drawing 18 fouls and getting in line, I think you hit 14 of 17 or something like that with Cat. I mean, Cat answered the bell majorly. Um you know, I didn't think he played as bad as everybody talked about based off the shot count. Mm-hmm. Um, in game three, was the best defensive game he's ever played. Uh, he had a bunch of uh, hockey assists because, you know, as we know, the double's there before he even gets the ball sometimes. And he really did a great job of passing out the ball movement and all that. Um, but clearly the foul problems, you have to you have to count that in there. It's like, well, I hear you, but. But to come back and have that type of game just all purpose and to, you know, draw that many falls, that's like Shaq, like 18 falls. I mean, that's something there. We kept putting everybody on the bench for them in that game. And then also Ant bounced back and was way more aggressive, way more decisive than he was in these last two games. Because we talked about what will be the adjustments there. And they didn't make a lot of adjustments, but – what Cat was or what Ant was doing in game two and game three, he was kind of over dribbling too much out on that lane. And that's when they're like, all right, screw it. We're rushing you with two guys. Or when he's coming down like on a partial break, especially on the left side, which is what he did in, uh, in game one really, really well. They would, at that point, they'd have two people out there like, you're not just going to be able to dribble the ball down and go to the rack. We're just not going to let you do that. So. He even said, you know, he had that game where he had like five turnovers. I think that was game two. Um, you know, he, he, this is part of learning, and I love what I saw literally right out of the gate, Aaron, uh, in his first two times he touched the ball. Decisive, aggressive. Um, those two, uh, along with Pat Bev and Jay Mack and others, really stood out in that game for a victory. Well, yeah, shot count was my contention in game three for Cat now. He did do a lot of other things that you brought to my attention, really. I was kind of in the in the dumps about him. Now, I wasn't a trade-him guy because it's just ridiculous, and, and he's a, a franchise player at a position where it's hard to find a guy that's even half as capable as Cat. Now, I think it was a big wake-up call for him because, you know, I'm not saying he was sleeping through the first few games. He had a good game one, um, but I, I think, you know, he needed to be rocked a little bit, I think, to just, hey, dude, you know, like, this is this is it. These are these are the ones that count. You need to wake up. And I'm not saying he's not competitive or anything like that. I just think, you know, he needed to get his cage rattled a little bit. And it came out in game four, like you said, and drew a lot of fouls, uh, was aggressive going to the hoop, uh, had a chip on his shoulder, which is everybody just begging for Cat to, to have that chip on his shoulder. Now, can you keep it there? This is what we're going to get into later. But, you know, he had the chip on his shoulder. Uh, Finch said he came out angry. I'm sure he had Ant and Beverly and everybody behind him. And that was really good to see that the team kind of, uh, you know, surrounded him. And they, they came out uh, with some grit and some fire and four because the opposite would have just been what a lot of us would have expected and also, you know, a terrible way to end a season. And, and so I thought, you know, it was good to see Cap bounce back and that kind of maybe take a position of leadership within the squad um, going forward is to like, okay, that's as bad as it's going to get for you, Cat. It's not. It's probably not going to get any worse than that. So you took the worst, and now you can only up from there is the way I look at it. And 
you got some help from J-Mac off the bench. And, and with Edwards, you know, I haven't really had too much of a problem with how he's played throughout the whole series. I think you were right about his dribble and he needs to take off quick. And he kind of got that going in game four. Uh, his three's been pretty good. It hasn't been, you know, as consistent as maybe it will be later uh, in his career. But, you know, he's hitting big shots and timely shots. And he's not afraid to get to the rack in timely manner. And, and when the shots are needed, he wants the ball. And these are the things that I want want to continue seeing with him. Um, and take those big shots and not no hesitation in it. Just, you know, take it. And, you know, generally he makes them. And uh, that's a good sign to see now. Everybody's kind of waiting on Russell. There's a lot of talk about Russell. We don't need him. And, you know, he's this and he's, he hasn't shown up yet. And, you know, he's got a lot on his plate, everybody. I mean, he's, he's basically the team's point guard. He's got to get the ball to people who can shoot it. Uh, and, he, you know, in the playing game, he came up big. And I think if you're going to see the chips down again, you will see Russell come up pretty big. I think he's getting his three back, Chris. It seems like it's a little bit more fluid now. And so it's kind of what I want to see going forward. And then you and I, we talked about, our boy Beasley, who seems to be gun shy right now, but you know that's not Beasley twelve at all, minutes. You know? Twelve minutes, no shots. Is that a thing? I don't know. I, and I think it's like you know that's <laughs> gonna change. That's the averages are averages for a reason. You're gonna get his shots <laughs> yeah. up. So I think you're gonna get some help off the bench. It's gonna need to be timely, especially coming into Game Five. And and you know if you can get a, a hot J Mac, maybe a hot uh, McDaniel's, and, and and a guy. Like Beasley coming off and, and making some timely threes, I think that's going to go a long way in the rest of the series. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Ant was his first – like in game two, his first free throw was late third quarter. You know, that that can't be. Um, and there was just – like in those two games, if you look, I think he got 20 and 19, but that was all late. You know, it wasn't really – he just was – there's just times throughout the season where he just kind of does that, where he like, it's like you can't wait for them to come. If you're looking for them to come, they're gonna come, you know. But this last game, dude, it, well, obviously the you know the, the play in it in the, the first game was awesome. But 24 points, four assists, two steals, three blocks. Um, that he really and defensively, I thought he had his best game as well. Um, and you know, with him, it's really just saying it, but he's 20. So it's not something that you're going to pound, uh, if it kept happening, you know, three years from now, sure. But that he, he just improves so much. Um, and in that game, uh, 40 to 25 or 40 to 27 was the free throws, uh, advantage there. Um, as far as D'Lo, you know, his three point shot is okay. Um, I think, I think Ant's shooting at 42% in this series. Um, but his, his three point shooting's okay. I think it's like 37 or something. It's the two point stuff. He's been having problems. I mean, even get denying the ball. They've been dying the shit out of the ball. Uh, he needs to find his mid range. Um, and maybe we need to run some more exact plays for him to get him off. Um, but as far as like game three, that, that sucked, but he had the best game out of everybody in the game, uh, on the Timberwolves. Uh, in fact, there was this stat, cause I saw a lot of Trey Delo as well. 87 of our 95 points scored in that game were when Delo was on the court. So when you're on the court and 87 of the 95 get scored, I, you know, there's something to that. Not only that, but he has been 
facilitating all these games. I think his worst game was game two because uh, he didn't facilitate that well and definitely didn't shoot that well. But the two-point shot, however it is, uh, and it's tough to go to the rack consistently on this team. Even a guy like Ant and Cat have had issues, and they go to the rack a lot. So um, Delo, it's just been his two-point shooting. He just, uh, it's been, he did hit, hit a nice little bucket that went in late and all that. And like I said, his defense has been really solid and all that. But yeah, he's been struggling from two. And we've seen it down the stretch of the season in general, but that was more from the three, like you were saying. Um, but Pat Bev coming alive, hitting like four or five, coming off like a 0 of five from three game. That was huge. He's also taking advantage of his job ramp. Um, matchup, and that's what I wanted to say about Ant. When Jaw's on you, you got to abuse him. If Pat Bev's abusing him, you got to really abuse him. But Pat Bev coming up big, not just defense, right, but offense as well. And then for J Mac to go four of four from three, you know, he's been struggling all year from that. And, uh, you know, in the playoffs so far, when he's played, he, he's been, he hasn't been himself. He's been turning the ball over. He just hasn't played all that well. So that was such a a key component. You know, if, if D'Lo sh- shots off to have J-Mac and Pat Bev step up offensively and to be four, what was he, was he five or six and four or four from three J-Mac? And it felt like, Aaron, we needed every single one of those threes, man. And the assists, too. We had some nice assists to uh, Vanderbilt and – I think it won to Cat. That was really nice. A wrap around. I think that went to Vanderbilt. I'm not quite sure, but he had nice assists and he's like a pure point guard. And you know, throw out the idea of maybe taking a little off Russell's plate and maybe let him run with the twos and play the two a little bit just to get his, his shot going a little bit. Now I don't know, you know, what to think about that, but it'd be nice to have Russell on a nightly basis at least be able to add a little bit more of a scoring punch. And like you said, he did have great games. Um, I believe in game. Three was a good game for him, although you know I don't think a lot got lost in that. Uh, that was game. the best game out of anybody on the court. Uh, yeah, teams. I mean, but nobody really wants to look back at that one. I doubt they watched the film. <laughs> Put that one away. We're not going to watch that for a while. But uh, yeah, um, you know, J Mac was impressive. I like him when he's on the court. I like the way I like his style of play, and to you know come out and shoot, you know, the way he shot was huge and probably one of the reasons why we won that game. In fact, I, nobody else from the bench really came up and I don't know if he's taking Beasley's minutes or I don't know how that rotation is working. No, not at but, all. Uh, mm. You know, it's nice to see, Beas, you know, get a few, get, you know, one of these games, like we talked off air, Bees is going to get hot. It just, he needs to, he needs to hurry up and come with it. Cause you know, <laughs> that's a huge, that's a huge 20 points right there that you can, or more that you can, pencil in there on a night where he's hot and that'll just help the rest of the bench actually score and Nas Reed's kind of struggling in this and you know a lot of people forget that Memphis is a great defensive team they really hang their hat on it and to score that the way we are scoring on this team is pretty impressive and you know when they clamp down on you they've got big guys who play a little rough and and, and are great defenders and I think that's a component that a lot of people aren't talking about. They're a two seed basically built on defense and, you know, we're going punch for punch with them. Yeah. We had an embarrassing loss to them, but you know, the series is tied right now and, you know, going to Memphis. So I really don't think, you know, I thought maybe last week we could, you know, win both games at home and, you know, 
that might have been a little bit overzealous, uh, but I, you know, there's a possibility they were so ahead in those games that you could have took yeah, both no, games yeah. at home. Definitely. So, you know, this is a pretty well matched up series. And I think that's why it's one of the more popular opening series for the NBA this year. Young teams going at it, uh, ups and downs, learning curves, all that stuff. Uh, it really makes it entertaining. I mean, Memphis is a little bit older than us, but not by much and different style built differently, but, uh, it's been entertaining to say the least. Yeah. And they, they're not just built on just defense alone. Cause they, I think they were like fourth in the league in scoring, but to your point, um, in the two losses, right? 96 and 95, you know, they held us that that's, that's saying a lot. Um, considering we did lead the league. Um, you know, in overall points per game. And then I think we we're six in efficiency. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, they – and it's not just their bigs. I mean, Brooks is – whoever he's on, and, no, you know, normally it's D'Lo, but with D'Lo's on, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't start J-Mac because if you put – well, first of all, they probably put Brooks on – they probably put their best perimeter on Ant then. They probably wouldn't put him on J-Mac. They'd probably put Jaw on J-Mac, um, which would help hide him. A little bit, but, um, and then defensively, he can get steals and all that, but I, I wouldn't want J-Mac as the starter because you could just shoot over him so much, you know. I think he's a perfect player that really showed these last two years, and really three in a sense, but these last two years, you know, as a bench player, sometimes you are going to be up and down shit. At the beginning of the year, he, he wasn't doing that good, then had this run. But also, remember, Jaden Noel came in and went off for about, I don't know, 10 games or something, and J-Mac was able to just sit there and just deal with it. And for him to come back and close this season, how he closed, I mean, we ran the numbers of all, all those assists without the turnover. And, and like you said, just a, a different pace. Literally, uh, we have the number one pace in the league. But when he's in there, it's it's just a different vibe, and he fits so well with a Beasley, with these guys, um, that he j- we just need more of it. Just two or three guys off the bench. We can't rely on J-Mac to go four or four every damn game. You know, we need some other guys. Prince might be banged up. I don't know, like you said, Beasley. Um, as far as flipping it on the other, other side, um, hmm. these last two games compared to the first two games, I mean, Ja got in line 20 times that mm-hmm. first game. But now – He's showing he's a great player because he's he was a triple double in game three, but even though he couldn't shoot that well and was struggling from the line, I think he went five of ten. Um, this last game, um, you know, we were doubling the shit out of him, just trying to get you know get rid of the ball. Had fifteen assists. I don't know. I, it is a weird debate on what you do. Do you let those other guys beat us, uh, or do you let you know and, and let them shoot, or do you say, well, kind of in between? Because we can't just let these guys shoot way more open. But to take away Bane in him, you're not going to take away both of them at the same time, more than likely, because they're both guards. And especially, you know, Bane, he's so damn tall. Not to mention this crafty Brooks on offense. We talk about defensive Brooks, but that guy was hitting some shots where you're just like, really, dude? He did that was a floater? Jesus Christ. Like, um, but how do you how do you see us playing out, you know, uh, these last four games where it's – he really said, screw up, man. We're tightening the screws up on jaw, and we'll live with the results. Yeah, I think they tried to do 
tighten down on everybody else and let Jaw get his to start the series. And I think, you know, game one is successful. Two was, you know, not. Three, it was not. And that led to switching up. Okay, well, we're going to clamp down on Jaw and, you know, let everybody else beat us. Now, they had an incredible game. Everybody else, quote, unquote, had an incredible game in game four. Uh, Bane shooting the lights out. Brooks was shooting the lights out. Those were the two that really stood out to me. And then, you know, Morant was doing what he did, a lot of assists. But uh, I think that's the way you got to keep going forward is you pester Morant, uh, even bring in a Kogi defensively if you have to, although you do lose something offensively unless he has a great night, which he can have. But you got to, you know, contain him. Um, like you said, when Ant gets him on him, he's got to back him down. He's got to use him. Uh, or just get by him or just outmuscle him. He's much stronger than Morant. And plus, you could probably get some fouls on him too. Yeah. Possibility to foul him out there, which would be very handy. But, you know, I think Morant's just one of those players that, you know, he's going to get his in one way or the other. Mm. Let that be assists. Let that be rebounds. Let that be steals. Don't let that be 38, 32 points. Uh, I think that's more of a problem. Uh, than, you know, the assist game that he has. And you got to say that Bain's probably not going to shoot like that every yeah. night. You know, Brooks is probably not going to shoot like that every night. So you kind of got to deal with that. doesn't mean that someone else like Jones won't step up and go six for seven from three or something like that. But, you know, you can't – that's a little bit more inconsistent as opposed to, well, Jock, he'll get, he'll get 30 every night if you let him. So, I mean, mm, yeah. I think that's kind of how it goes. Um, and like I said, they're getting pop-up performances at this point in time, which is great for them, but I don't know if it's something you really want to hang your hat on because, you know, at some point they're not going to pop up. I mean, Bain's kind of like our, you, you compare him to, they're different players, but, you know, Beasley's hot, Beasley's not. Bain's hot, Bain's not type of thing, and that's what we've seen so far. And they're always going to bring the defensive effort, so you're going to have to score on them. But, you know, they're getting a lot of points off of defense and rebounding, which is we're a little weak in the front court, which is allowing them to sort of do that. Um, so I think, you know, they continue with their plan, I think, to just pester jaw and see who else pops up to, to try to give you a game. But, you know, I think that's the only way you can go, Chris, because if you give jaw the freedom to get 40, he's going to get 40. And that's, you know, 40 points that you're going to have to deal with. And, you know, the thing about our squad so far, nobody's gone off and had the 40 point night or the, I mean, I guess Towns had 38 or something, but yeah, uh, Towns had 36. Know, we haven't had the, uh, and it seemed kind of to blend in, so we haven't had like you know, Anthony Edwards go for you know a, a big game, but he's at big quarters, so I guess mm-hmm. my point would be that we have the three, and we haven't seen much of a big scoring night out of uh, Russell, except for like you said in Game Three, which kind of was in the wash anyway. Um, well, so when he was nice on to... the court, we were kicking their ass, actually, if you look at it. He didn't have anything to do with that 21-0 run. He was mm. on the court. That's interesting. It's not something I noticed. But, um, yeah, I mean, that collapse we could spend a whole show talking about, but <laughs> we're not going to. Um, the you know, Maybe so if we I... would have lost game four, we'd be still talking about it more. <laughs> exactly. But you go into game five, Chris, and it's like, okay, well, you pester Morant. And you hope that you have, these guys have a – one of these, either Bain or Brooks has an off night. And, you know, you can contain those guys a little bit. I think we need to get a little bit better defensively perimeter-wise and just maybe getting a little bit closer to these guys and working through screens. Um, there's a lot of open shots for Bain, which I didn't like seeing. And uh, if we can 
cut that down a bit. Um, you know, Finch will have something up his sleeve, but you know, it's going to be tough going in game five with the crowd and the way the series is at this point. And, you know, I see them going at towns again. I, I really think that they're going to really pester him this time. And, and so I think he's got to hold his composure and continue to play like he has played in game four and for us to have a shot in game five. And just one more thing I forgot to mention on the cat trade him stuff. You don't trade cat until ants fully developed anyway. That's just silly. <laughs> like, what? why would you do that? That make can't cats always going to be worth stuff. It'll probably be two quality players and not like you said, trade for trade. Um, but you don't do that till he's fully developed anyway. It doesn't even make sense. I wanted to get that in. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, the ball movement, got to keep going. I did not like the last three minutes. And that's a young team. I didn't like the last three minutes of our offense, the prevent offense, it felt like. We were slowing it way down. There's no point to doing it besides making it close. And then everyone be in that last game anyway, J-Mac, <laughs> just decisive. I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm good at, and this is what I'm going to do. Um, now, given he's not, he doesn't always have the toughest guard on him at the time because he comes off the bench, but he's de- decisive. In every game, he's decisive what he's doing. Um, but that, as a, as a whole, ball movement and decisive who's ever in there. Um, and talking about those threes, I mean, Memphis normally is like – Bottom five or something? I can't remember the exact stat, Aaron. But, like, not one of the better three-point shooting teams. And that just kind of, you know, you are going to maybe get Bain open more than you want. But if you're going to send two guys consistently at Ja, he's going to get open shots. And they're going to get open shots. It's kind of like you got to live with it. But, you know, can they continue? to shoot the clip they are. Because when you go back and look at these four games, look at the stats, you're like, wow, they're shooting the lights out for 13. Um, and, and I think it's it's bound, and, and, and I'm not saying in game five per se, but it's bound to not drop for a full series. Um, and also continue to rebound. Nas, if you get in there and get like six rebounds, dude, it just or just box out and somebody else get it, we need – to that offensive rebound stuff. We haven't even had Jared, Jared Jackson Jr. Game two was his like best game, but he's been in foul problems because he's right up there with Cat and McDaniels for the most, you know, foul. They, they caused the most fouls in general, but you know, will he fall less and all of a sudden get into the rack comes that tougher. I'm wondering if Jackson, because we could say, well, Cat's going to get in foul problem game five, you know, I'm with you there. That'll probably happen. But will Jackson not? You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. that helps, too, because they haven't always had him directly on Cat, but him as a linger on Cat, but still having the, the foot speed to block a bunch of our shots. I mean, that game, too, he had seven blocks or whatever. So um, that's what I'm kind of looking at, you know, for this series, those questions as well. It's like, you know, they're bound to not shoot as good as they are for yeah, but for all you know, then you, these games. you got the Memphis coach already setting up the rest for game five with his quotes yeah. about arrogant calling, which, hey, that's gamesmanship. Fine, do it. But, you know, sure. it's pretty transparent that you're going to want these calls that you thought you didn't get on Moran. Moran got to the line enough, I thought. And I thought, you know, 
but obviously he's going to want him to get more. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, if you're not telling me cat's going to have some problems uh, now, if you can anticipate that and we can anticipate that and all of the state can anticipate that, what do you do if, when you're Finch? Do you, Maybe, you know, you start putting him in for all his minutes <laughs> or do you pull him after one and let him sit, see what happens? I mean, if you know you're going to need him in the second, how much do you want to play him in the first half? And, you know, if you know you they're going to be coming you know? for him, you know, yeah, you're got right, it. because you don't have Nas. You, know? you don't know what you have with the other guy, Malone or whatever, Monroe, yeah. whatever his name is. And you're going to get three minutes out of him anywhere or whatever, you know. Right. It's It's a pickle that you're going to be in, but you have to start thinking, okay, it's looking like Towns is probably not going to – his five fouls are going to come quicker than you like in this next one. That's a good way of putting it. So, you know, what do you do in that case, and how do you want to run? Do you want to go small and just run, run, try to run these yeah, guys out of the right. gym? I mean, that's a possibility, too. You take Edwards, Vanderbilt, uh, McDaniels, uh, D'Lo, and you just try to run them out of the gym for the first half and then throw Cat in the mix and see what happens. I don't know what you want to do. Tell Cat don't touch anyone. I mean, they're still going to try to get him in offensive fouls, which they've been trying to do all series. So, you know, that's one of those things where you and I sort of anticipated foul problems in the playoffs, but I don't think we anticipated it as a strategic move the way that it has actually played out. And, uh, you know, I thought maybe, you know, happenstance would, would get him in foul trouble, but this is more like, sure. okay, let's just go at him until we get three on him and then, you know, they'll pull him and then we can make a run and, you know, Obviously, that's what you want to do, but that's what I see for game five, and I see the refs being set up, like I said earlier, about that. And you're going to need grit if you want to steal this one on the road. Now, going back to when the series started, you and I both love these matchups, and I love these matchups still. I still think you play well, you beat these guys. And uh, just because I think we got a little – our high-end talent is better than their high-end talent. Ja and Edwards, I, you know, let's take them out. We still got Cat. We still got D'Lo. You know, they have Bain and Brooks. And well, Ant's better than – Jaw's better than Ant right now as a player. Yeah, but I still – okay, you can say that, but I'd still take them out as like, you know, I'd say they're even in as far as that goes. And then, you know, we still have two top-end players if they're playing well uh, more than them, and that's the, the part of the matchup that I like the best. So, you know, you say all this potential, but they got to play well. And on the road in Memphis, game five, Crowd's going to be unbelievable, and, you know, I just don't see any protesters coming from Minneapolis to, to help you out in Memphis. 3-0, and baby. Let's protest. 3-0. and 3-0 and when we get a protester. Um, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, it, you know, to win two games in Memphis – during one series, or whatever, whoever, you could fill in the blank, right? It's tough to win on the road of the playoffs, so especially since you already have. Um, but I think we can only win there one more time. I don't see us, like like the example of winning game five, losing game six, and then winning game seven. At, on the, that's not, We're not going to win two games back-to-back like that, in my mind. I don't think we can win game five and game yeah, seven. Yeah, I agree. But – the, so I do see them losing uh, game five, um, and, and I'm glad you brought that up about the coach. It was all fine and dandy when they had a 40 to 25, uh, you know, advantage on us, and, and Ja got to the line 20 times. But when Cat gets to the line 70 times, oh no no no, it's horrible. By the way, they lead the league in following. 
Or my, my, my bad, my bad. We do. They lead the league in getting to the free throw line as a team. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so the team that leads the league all year long in free throw shooting, the number of them, is going to complain about fouls? Oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Now, the first two games, clearly it went in uh, their favor. Last two games, you could say clearly it went in our favor. It's been a fucked up slow down the dip. These refs have been horrible in this one. Um, and let's hope they, they let them play. But as far as the bookend, right, I could see us bookending this series on the road. That's the only way to have that separation of winning two games on the road is game one and game seven. Mm. And wouldn't that be something if that was accomplished? Because we both think they're going to lose game five. I feel like we'll win game six. Do you feel that way too? or? Uh, yeah, I do. So to bookend this thing with a game one and game seven, I think that's the only way it can happen. And like we just both agreed, five and seven, you're not going to do that, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Memphis is tough enough to actually come back and win game six on the, you know, because they're like, all right, well, we just did it. They can, you know, they just did it. We can do it. So, um, but wouldn't that be a hell of a way to start a series and end a series there? Well, I think it is going to be a multitude, for a multitude of reasons, it's going to go seven games. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, you did mention that, you know, you're going to have to have, you're going to have to have these performances that we've been waiting for to happen in the game seven on the road, you know, to, to come out and win that game seven. Now, would I be surprised if they win game five? No, I wouldn't, but I don't see it happening. I, I think it's, you're going to have to get game six and that should be your focus. Although you should also focus on five, obviously, if you can steal one there, you know, then you could possibly sure. close it out at home, yeah, which I would be perfect. So confident of that. Yeah. Right. But it's like, you have to, think it's going to go seven and how do you get that last that last how do you get game seven basically um beasley shoots well towns maybe the refs do let him play in a game seven sure Uh, you know and then you can do talent can show you know um because i think if you free up the referees and you just play like i think we win these games I, i just think we're better our high end talent like i said is better than their high end talent no morant is Obviously a great player, but I don't think they have three of them. I think they have two, maybe, and we have three if they're playing well. So, you know, when we get to game seven, we'll probably have a show on or around game seven. Um, It'll be Sunday. Okay, so maybe not. Tuesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, in in a hypothetical game seven, if it gets there, I mean, you're going to need – a breakout performance from one of these guys, if not two. And uh, it's going to be uh epic game. And like I said, like I think one taking one and seven on the road is more doable than taking, you know, five. Now the best thing about taking five, Chris, is you get to come home and try to close it out at home. I mean, yeah. that would be, I think the, the best case scenario, but you've got to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure that's what, uh, Finch is selling them right now. It's coming like, well, get this one, and we come back home, and, and we can close it out. And that would be astounding, I think, after Game Three, if they actually pulled something like that off. But I think, I think just for 
all the reasons in the world I think it's going to go seven. And then how do you, I mean, what do you see in a game seven? Free flying basketball or, or a defensive mess? I mean, I really think it's going to be a defensive mess that hopefully you come out on top of. Yeah, you know, being that it's been a game of runs, it kind of has been both. It's been to slow the fuck down, call a bunch of falls, grind it out, and then all of a sudden the team will go on an 8-0 run, 12-0 run. Um, and it, it, it is free-flowing, you know. So um, I don't know how that game goes. You know, when those when seven, game seven is such a toss-up type feel to it. Um, but before going into this series, before I knew they won game one, I did think the best opportunity to win would be game six. And then uh, I thought they could – the Wolves will win in six or lose in seven. That's what I said before. Anything to do with uh, the game one. Now, once you saw game one and that – you know, we started the show the day – or two days after it. So we already saw game one. So that made me think, man, game six is very possible, you know. Um, and being that they bounced back uh, in game four, Aaron, that game three sucked horribly. But – there's positives to take out of that game, as we know. So it's like, how come, you know, they got to be feeling pretty good. Like, hey, dude, we fucked that up. They had something to do with it, of course. But ultimately, when you let a team go 21-0, you fucked up. So I don't know. I mean, their psyche's got to be pretty loose. The pressure's on the two seed, especially the home game. But, yeah, I still don't think we'll do it. I wouldn't put any money to say we'll 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 do it. And the game seven is such a crapshoot, but you know. But um, if you're Finch, I mean, if you're Finch, I like our you, chances. Do you pull out all the stops and five? You know, damn the torpedoes and try to get game five oh, yeah. so that you can come back home at six. I think I mean, every playoff game you pull out all the stops unless you're down by. Well, I hate to say it, <laughs> down by you know thirty-one, <laughs> but um, or up by twenty-six you know, twice, yeah. Right, but let's say fourth quarter, seven minutes left, down by 30. That's where you call off the dot, sure. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think every game you do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good point, I guess. I just If you have anything up your sleeve, do you use sure. it in five or do you anticipate seven? I, I guess, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I think you probably use it. I think they've already you used know. it if we have something. I don't think we have too I much know. in our – you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, if, like I said, we get that game, Chris, from from Beasley where he's, you know, five for six from three and everybody else plays well. That's going to push you, I think, uh, yeah. over. It's just when when is that going to happen? Is that going to happen on the road in Memphis and five or seven, or is that going to happen at six at home? So, you know, you're going to get a game like that for, or maybe 45 from, from Ant or something. You're going to yeah. get this, especially now when – you know, we're four games into the series. Everybody's got a feel for each other. Um, they've had some time to sit and think about possibilities of what they can do in their matchups. I mean, someone's going to break through. And you would think, well, maybe Cat's that guy, but you got to sit on the other side of the coin with Cat and think about fouls and how and he's being And the fact that they're drawing and, so much attention to him. Right, to, and he's getting doubled. Not, and, right. You know, to, to make it not happen. You know? Yeah, so you have to we think We need that, that other stuff, like you're talking sure. about. Yeah, and I think it's going to show its face. It's just, you know, ideally I want to see it in five. I want us to have the big game in five yeah. so that we can come home in six. But like I said, for a multitude of reasons, ratings, everything, I think this one's going to go seven. And then you got to think, how are you going to win game seven? 
And that's, uh, especially after you, you're tied up at six, you know, it's like, okay, well, then I would say, yeah, all the stops are pulled. Everything's been done. This is just go out and win a basketball game. And hey, that's a great situation for a young team to be in. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean, this is why when we were breaking down those matchups, I thought this is a perfect series for us because we wanted a six or seven game series to really go through the ups and downs and all arounds and the adjustments and and we're getting it man aren't we i mean we're getting a little bit of everything <laughs> you know uh some great some uh, pretty good some just horrible but um yeah man I, I i that would be my confidence level in game six i'm right there with you if we won game five uh it'd be one of those man I'd almost bet on it, you know, but I, I, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably bet the opposite, uh, just to be happy either way. Uh, no, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, well, I think at some point, Chris, the levy will break, right? So let's say you do win it in six. Eventually at some point we're going to look back and go, okay, this is when the levy broke, you know, sure. Cause you're going to have to win three in a row to win in six, right? So you're gonna have to win. Sure, yeah, what, coming up. Four, five, and six. So at some point, whether it was the fourth quarter of game four where the levy broke and or maybe a point in game five, yeah. where it's just like Memphis goes, you know what, uh, we've done it, we cannot stop, you know what I mean? It's going to get right. to that point. And, you know, whether that happens, now like I said, that's a lot of wishful thinking because game five in Memphis is going to be a tough basketball game, and hopefully the Wolves can come out and and be competitive and stay competitive and and hopefully win, but if not, you know, uh, at least uh, leave a bad taste in Memphis's mouth for for Game Six uh, when they come back home. And I'm glad that you just brought that up too, because right now the season series is four and four. So you are correct when you say that you know something's got to get the levy's got to get like. It's gonna get someone's gonna win this series, not this this series, of course, but this the whole season series, man, where we're literally at four and four. Someone's gonna come out on the whole series, just in general, and that shows you how good of a, a series it is. Even though, you know, it's been ugly with the fouls and stuff and the slowdown, and some of these games have taken too long. But you know, to be four and four after eight games, this is exactly what we want. So next Monday, we'll know. We'll have, uh, you know, it'll be a, either really great or, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not going to – I really wanted us to get to this stage right here, five, six, seven. This is where I wanted it. I felt like this team was possible to do it, and we just needed it. We need to do this. This is what the, the steps you got to make. I talked about it's been about 100 games now together. Uh, for a good uh, chunk of the core that we tried to put together before we brought Prince and Bev, of course. But, like, it's really – this is exactly what – we hoped we'd get more of that last year, but the whole COVID and D'Lo surgery, and we just couldn't get the lineup together. And we saw the last stretch of that 15 games or whatever. Um, you know, you're like, huh, what's going on here? This is pretty good. I know it's late season basketball. However, we're seeing some stuff here. And uh, to carry it over and that momentum and just – do what we did, especially the start we had. It's in the end. I'm very happy with this season. It's, it's, it's gonna suck. If we and you know, games five and six, and possibly seven. Chris is going to be what we've talked about all year about the parts and labor for next year. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to need? And mm-hmm. 
will know exactly. What do we internal growth? Yep. We'll be, we'll have been tested. We'll know who's there, who's not, what we need. I think at this point, we know we need uh, some front court help. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we knew that at the trade deadline. (laughs) Exactly. But now it's for sure. Now it's confirmed. (laughs) Need front court help for next season. But yeah, I mean, whether we win or lose this series, knock on wood, we win this series. Um, it's where where we thought we would want to be and get a good look and see, you know, what we need and, and where we're going and, and exactly who we are, quote unquote, as coaches like to say. Um, uh, and I think it's, it's an overall plus for the season. I mean, it, it just is. So, yes. I mean, maybe don't get so wrapped up in knee jerk land and just kind of maybe take right. a 10,000 foot view of everything and say, okay, okay. You know, a tough series with Memphis, win or lose. Um, let's, start to look at who we can move, what can happen, and, and, and what can go on uh, going forward. Yeah, you know, stuff stings, dude. You're not out there playing. We're not out there playing. You you think it sucks for us. Think about them. You know what I mean? Like, hell yeah, they're pissed off when that stuff happens. But um, let's say this. If the Wolves win in six, if, okay, I'm just saying if, um, I'll do my damnness to be available Sunday night for a, for a, a wrap-up. Otherwise, we'll wrap it up on, on Monday either way. And hopefully be previewing a series against the Golden State Warriors. All right. Well, that was fun. Our Timberwolves are giving us a whole lot to cheer about, and let's hope that they can get this done. We'll be back next week, Sunday or Monday. Peace.